Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the football podcast. We are a man down. Don't panic. Everything's fine. We are a man down. But three of us can do the job of four. It's fine. It's okay. Find out which one of us is missing and what's going on in the football world. We've got football news, football reviews, football previews. We're back to uh, Championship and Premier League football this week. It's all here. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop any reviews you want to drop and generally share the podcast around. If you've got a football fan in your life, send this podcast their way. They might get something from it. Right, let's get going. So here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Ah, the dulcet tones of the good lady, Zoomarella, has uh, spoken. Yes. She's indicated that the recording is indeed in session. I, I, I've literally just heard it about 10 seconds ago, and I can't even remember what she said. Recording started. Progress. In progress. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, anyway, welcome along to uh, your, your weekly instalment of football-based nonsense, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as you can tell, there were, I'm, not, I'm not alone. There were other voices just then. I believe both of my, uh, of my co-hosts uh, were able to be heard there. The third voice, or the fourth voice, as it were, that you'd normally hear, sadly could not be with us this week as he's, uh, he's indisposed. So a salute to the fallen for Mr. Matthew Moore for this week. But I am joined by the uh, the leader of the Cookie Cast Nation, Mr. Andy Cook. How are you, sir? Just fabulous. For those of you only listening to the podcast, you may want to get yourselves over to YouTube and uh, have a little uh, look at the magnificent merch that Andy is uh, rocking at the moment for the uh, for the brand. Uh, Pat, Pat McAfee would be uh, would be very happy. If that's not a thumbnail, I'm going to make it a thumbnail. Because <laughs> I have parts of much there, isn't it? So, uh, we're also joined by uh, Hull's finest, Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. How are you, sir? I mean, it's probably the first and last time I'll ever be described as finest, so I'll take it. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling better following your introduction, so thanks. Oh, I mean, that's, that's that's what we're here for, isn't it? You know, to bring joy to no one's life, as uh, our last episode. If, well, if that was to anything to go by, it was more depression cast. So <laughs> but, um, we'll move on from that swiftly. So last week was a very slow week as there was no Premier League or Championship football. There was just international football. And it took place in the uh, form of the UEFA Nations League, which I would go so far as to say in its third iteration. A lot of people still don't really know what it's about. So... Um, the first game took place in Milan, where Italy took on England. England, knowing that they needed to not lose the game to avoid relegation to the second tier of the Nations League. They couldn't afford to lose the game 
think we can all guess where this is going. <laughs> England went on to lose the game 1-0. The goal was scored by Raspidori. Uh, some, of the, some of the podcast uh, alumni there are uh, raising hands in, in, in joy and expectation there. Um, yeah, from what I can remember of the goal, it's... Uh, it was. It wasn't great. I believe it was a. I think it was a breakaway, and then uh, Raspadori went on the edge of the box, cut cut back inside his man, and just arched it into the far corner, and uh, didn't really give Nick Pope much of a chance. To be honest with you, uh, up until that point, I thought that England had actually been the better side. Really, that uh, not really looked like they were under much pressure, um, but neither did they cause much going forward, which was more of the issue, really. Yeah, the, the, the stats definitely reflected that as well. Because by the end of the game, it said England had 56% possession, um, had 14 shots, but only four of them were on target. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know. It's pretty damning evidence, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, sadly, that, that result did mean that regardless of the result that got that happened against Germany this past Monday they would not be able to get themselves to a to a position where they would be able to retain their position in the top group of the Nations League. So, sadly, for the next iteration of the uh, Nations League, England will be playing in the Group B section as opposed to the Group A section. Predictions-wise, uh, both myself and Andy had a win for England. Andy had a 1-0 with Kane scoring the goal. That's zero points right there. I had 2-1 England with Politano scoring for Italy. Don't even think he made the bench. I also had Kane and Sterling to score for England. Zero points. Mr Moore had a 1-1 draw with Scamacca scoring the goal for Italy and Abraham scoring the goal for England. Again, Abraham... I didn't see him in the pitch, so I believe he may have made the bench, did not get on. Uh, Skamaka, I believe, started the game, but didn't really do an awful lot. I think he had one chance in the first half, which he dragged closer to the the, uh, the corner flag, from what I can remember, than it was the goal. Um, so, obviously, West Ham are really, uh, really happy with that £30 million pounds or whatever it was that they spent on him. Stewart, however went for a 2-0 Italy win. He, uh, similar to me, also had Politano to score, so it's a, it's a bit of a silly pick, really, let's, let's be honest. He did, however, have Raspidori to score, so gets himself a point for the goal scorer and a point for the result. So, no, no, no mathematicians needed there. Zero points for myself, for Matt and for Andy, but Stu takes an instant lead with his two points from the first game. We move to the second and final game of the week, which, as mentioned before, was England versus Germany. Now, as we said, England went into this game uh, with absolutely no chance of bettering their position in the Nations League group. They knew they were going to finish bottom. So this was more more give the fans something to go into the World Cup off the back of, I guess. Um, didn't see the first half as I was actually playing myself, probably to a similar standard as to the first half of what I understand that actually took place on Wembley. 
if if there has ever been a game needed to be advertised for the game of two halves analogy, this was most certainly it. Could I even offer the opt- the alternative of uh, a game of one third? Uh, well, man, I guess so. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that did, did the first goal go in after sixty minutes? Uh, no, no, fifty-two. Oh damn it! I thought I was really on the money there. Um, but yes, the um, the the first goal I believe was Germany. Germany yep. went one up uh, yep. with a Gundogan penalty. Um, Harry Maguire, oh dearie, dearie me. Yep, terrible. And the, the, what was worse was the fact that they needed about five and a half minutes of VAR to work yeah, out everybody else within two mile radius had seen it was late and in the box. Now I was I was kind of fifty fifty on this because we were watching something else at the same time. So I was watching this on my tablet. So I was only sort of dipping back in and uh, now and again when I when I sort of saw something was happening. Um what actually happened for the penalty? Um so, <laughs> ball got played through um, and I can't remember who it was for Germany that went that, that had the ball at the time, but basically Harry Maguire just stood there like a big useless lump, um, and and, and gave, gave the guy something to aim at. So you know, like, there's this whole thing about the argument about the trailing leg and all that business. I'm not sure how that would necessarily count in this case, as it was pretty much all of Harry Maguire um, trailing body. Well. Yeah, but it was yeah, it wasn't it it was it was not nice. I mean, don't get me wrong, it wasn't quite as horrible as the England penalty decision, but we'll get to that shortly, I imagine. Well Um yeah, so Germany went one 0 up. Uh they then went two 0 up as Kai Havertz for some reason discovered that he does actually play football for some reason. Um was his first the one that he Rifled in, bit of a top yes. top bidens bag. The the his first was a great finish from uh, what I remember of it. It was kind of um, edge of the eighteen yard box, right hand side of the goal, and just basically smashed it into the top left bins. And it was oh, no chance, absolutely no. no chance. Best keeper in the world wouldn't have saved that, but oh. we didn't have him either. So you know, whatever. So yeah, so was that was that around sixty? Uh, that was 67 minutes. So, at this point, obviously, England 2-0 down, round about half an hour left to play, give or take with the injury time, things like that. Looks a bit of a lost cause. They managed to bundle one back from Luke Shaw. Yep. Again, only caught glimpses of it, so don't really know what happened for the goal. Uh, ball into the back post. Looked like he tried to strike it. Kind of hit him a little bit and went in the net. It wasn't. It wasn't a classic finish, shall we say? Um, but don't ask me about the next one because I was like, ah, oh, well, at least we got one back and went to get a drink. And then when I came back, it, all, it's got... all hell, all hell had broken loose. <laughs> yes, the equaliser for England came on the seventy-fifth minute from Mason Mount. Um, and again, I only caught a glimpse of this as I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> Riveting be. football, then. I'd, I'd kind of, I'd, unless it's a tournament, international football holds very sort of little interest for me at this particular time. 
you could argue this is a tournament as it's the Nations League, but is it really? I mean, does anybody know? UEFA's attempt to create competition within its own ranks has kind of fallen on deaf ears, really. Um, Was this more sort of interplay around the edge of the box, I think? I, I gently say, I, I, I thought, oh, that's nice, we've got one back. Went to yeah, the kitchen, from, get a drink, and the, then missed all of it. From the bits that I saw, I'm pretty sure it was a nice little bit of sort of pass and move around the box, and then Mount managed to break in and just bend it around the keeper. It was a lovely finish, to be fair, from what I can remember. And um, probably, maybe an unpopular opinion, but probably a reason why Mason Mount needs to probably start games under Gareth Southgate because he probably gives that a little bit something that maybe other players don't give. I I have no problem with Mason Mount starting under Gareth Southgate because it means that Jordan Henderson is not in that side. So long may that continue. <laughs> uh, so two two, England then take the lead through, as Stuart mentioned previously, a potentially dubious penalty. The second penalty that I'd given on a VAR call. Again, I'm. You'll be you'll be shocked to hear, listeners. I missed this, so I, I don't. I Stu to tell us what happened. Here. I don't think it was overly dubious. It, it, it's it was it was definitely a penalty, but again, the guy the guy stamped on his leg like like halfway up his leg. It was it was closer to his calf than it was like the foot area. It was a so foul on Saka, wasn't it? Yeah, it was definitely definitely late and nowhere near the ball. And it, the thing is, it was right on the edge of the box. So I don't know if the ref had that kind of like, oh, if I give it and it's not in the box. Ooh, and he kind of like, I suppose let VAR do its job really in the end. Yeah. Um, but that, but was yeah. my, that was going to be my point. I was going to say that's kind of the whole point of why VAR has been brought in for these borderline decisions. And at least it gives them a chance to get the correct decision, which obviously, and they have always said on the line, is in the box. Yeah. So, but again, ref does his little YMCA routine and goes off to look at the telly. Um, and yeah, he didn't. Once he'd seen it on the screen, he didn't hang about with the decision. Um, but yeah, then up steps one Mister Harold Kane in the eighty-third minute, dispatched with very much aplomb. Another another postage stamp jobby I don't think any keeper in the world was saving that one um, it was it was a bit like this last that like that last period of football so like the, the sort of the 12 minutes between goal one and goal three was a bit like we had not scored for five games oh oh this is how we do it oh remember and they actually put like there was like the bits I saw like the, it was like Paul said before about the second goal like pass and move they actually looked for a small period of time like they looked like they knew what they were doing and then <laughs> we got it's to like, the 87th minute and then why they're all shit. <laughs> I think the, the problem is is that England are clearly a confidence team and need, and need that thing to click in order for them to play well. Um, obviously, in the Euro 2020 final, it clicked too quickly. After this card, after two minutes or three minutes, whenever Luke Shaw scored in the final, so they're very much they're definitely one of those teams where if they don't settle into a game quickly, 
obviously the English mentality is they get on the back of the players because that's just apparently what we do as a fan base. So the more the longer it goes where a goal's not been scored, the more that the, the crowds like to get on the players' back and be like, "Oh, come on!" It's the it's the age old thing we we've had, we've said countless times on the podcast. The amount of times you go to the football, and as soon as you're attacking, and as soon as you see a player turn round and pass the ball backwards. Is a like granted it might it might only be a small subsection of the crowd, but at least someone in the crowd will go, oh bloody hell because obviously ball retention means absolutely nothing to these people. But when but when you spend your entire ninety minutes watching your team and they can't even pass it backwards, then then you're. <laughs> I mean that's that's different. Passing the ball backwards or passing the ball. To the opposition, two completely <laughs> different things, Stuart. So, but they're the two things that Figueiredo can do. He well, he's clearly he's clearly very talented. At, at, at the second <laughs> of those two options. But yes, alas, England could not hold on for the win, uh, as uh, Mr. Wilkinson said. There, he said eighty seventh minute. It was the eighty seventh minute. Yeah. Um, what can only go down as a goalkeeping howler from Mr. Nick Pope, um, a, a shot that was. Dare I say, fairly easy to, to control, to I think, grasp. I think, I think tepid was uh, how it was described. If anything, if like it's that, I think he's he's in that he's in the, the, the position there where, where if he's unsure, just palm it away, just like push it out. Don't don't try like you know gather it and then potentially put it back into play. You have to just like, get it away. Um, and he's done neither in the end, and he's basically just bundled it straight in the Havertz path, and he's stuck the ball away for three-three. That's where the scoring ends. So the game finishes as a draw. And as Mr. Cook asked on the podcast last week, can he pick a draw? Does the game finish after nine minutes, or does it go to a? You can pick a draw if you want to pick a draw. So there you go, Mr. Andrew Cook gets a point for that draw. He did go one-one. So, get a point for that. Uh, he did have Sterling and Muller to score, though. So, just just sticks with the one point. Um, from a results perspective, that's that's kind of it from the podcast perspe- uh, perspective. As I had a 2-0 England win with Bellingham and Kane to score. So, do we get a point for Kane scoring? Stu had a 3-1 Germany win. Um, he had picked Saka to score for England. Werner, Sane and Gundogan to score for Germany. So gets himself another point there. Matt had also gone for a Germany win, but by two goals to one. He had Ivan Tony to get off the mark in an England shirt. Sadly, he didn't even make the pitch in either of the two games, so he's still to make his England debut. He also had Sane and Werner to score for Germany. So no points for Matt, sadly. So, rounding the week out, Matt, zero points from two games. Mm. Myself and Andy, one point from two games, taking the win this week. Mr. Schubert with three points from the two games. Well done to you, sir. Very well done. Very well earned. Earned yourself that, that win. You see, I, I, I slightly like international football a little bit more than I did now than when I was actually watching it. So, there is that. Uh... So, yeah, but that was week nine of the predictions. Like I say, no domestic football because of the involvement of the Nations League. Um, 
before we head into other things in the coming week, on the back of the international stuff, there is a little bit of Hull City news which may affect people's predictions. So, um, Harvey Vale, our um, loanee from Chelsea, was out playing with England under-20s and he's now going to be out for club with a groin strain for a minimum of two weeks. Um, so, probably don't pick him to score. Um, and also, as well, it was rev- that um, yes, he has still got a job. Shotter did do his press conference this week, uh, and it said of the players Estepinion, Seri, and Pelkas, they'd all been out on international duty, and then had they hadn't reported back to the club by the time that the press conference had to be done. So they're still to assess them. But what he did say was it was quite keen on telling us that. Um, Best opinion had played at what was the equivalent of four o'clock in the morning UK time um, for Colombia. So, Pelcast did score for Greece, so there is that. Uh, but yeah, they were all back after the press conference. So, our game this week is on Friday. So, whether that might have a knock on effect as to what um, sort of input they have, I still think probably all three of them will play, to be honest. Um, but the, the kind of feelers were put out in the press conference for possibly like early substitutions, maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of that's posturing in there. Obviously, it's just covering yourself for any eventuality if, if any of them have to either start the game on the bench or be brought off early. He doesn't yeah. need to worry about talking about his attacking players because the ball won't make it past our uh, centre back, so it's, it's fine. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, so. Week 9 is done. That would bring us to Week 10 and uh, the Week 10 predictions, which we will take place, which will take place, sorry, after this short break. Join us again. Recording in progress. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So, as we said before the break, we have Week 10's games to predict. Obviously, there's only three of us here, but I do have Mr. Moore's predictions in the book, ready to give to you wonderful people. So, without further ado, we'll start the week, as Mr. Woodman, he said, with the Friday night offering, which is live on Sky, and is Hull City taking on Luton Town. Now, I did have a quick look at the uh, the stats and Hull coming coming to this game on the back of fat lo- <laughs> having lost five out of the last six, I believe. Yeah, cheers for that. Don't worry, we've all uh, we've got you uh, with all the stats ready uh, at the tip of at the tip of my fingers here on the cookie cast. Uh, whereas Luton, I think, was a bit of a mixed bag. I think they were a uh, couple of losses, couple of wins, couple of draws. Um, I've gone for Hull to snap the streak and uh, get, an, get a 1-1 draw on this one with Pelkas maybe he might have to come off the bench he might start the full game who knows for, uh, for Hull and Carlton Morris to score for Luton Mr Moore fully agrees with me as he has also gone for a 1-1 draw he has also gone for Carlton Morris to score for Luton, but he has gone for the big Colombian Estupinian to get the goal for Hull. Mr Cook, 
I got the feeling that you were you quite liked what myself and Mr. Moore were putting down there, and you wanted to uh, dive on that particular bandwagon. I liked some of what you were putting down. Um, it's a bit of a bit of an amalgamation for me. I feel like I've been a little harsh on the home teams of, of late, so I've decided to go back to form. One nil Hull, and uh, I agree with Matthew's goalscorer Estupinan, which was uh, unfortunate when you started to say that he might not play. I would go so far as saying, even though I'm not a Hull fan, I will be amazed if he doesn't start the game. I think he'll play. I just don't think he'll get the full ninety. I think. I mean, and let's if he played at four in the morning. I don't know if the, if that was technically later or earlier than the other players, perhaps. So maybe he's had more rest. Who indeed knows? So, but yeah, I, th- I think he'll play. I think he's too valuable to the team to not get on at all. And let's be fair, at the moment, he's one of the players that necessarily that we know of isn't carrying an injury, so therefore he's going to get a game. Um, yeah, is it, is, it, is it my turn now? Oh, it's just you to finish us off, my friend. Well, I think I noticed noted this last time out or certainly when we were talking, potentially. Luton isn't the easy game, or easier game it maybe once was. They've had a reasonable start. We're going to lose 1-0. Ever the optimist. Go on, then. Who's your goal scorer? And to end the prediction, I'm going for Bell. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Not only do you get predictions, you get a lovely bit of wordplay from the Cookie Cast Podcast Network. We move to the Saturday game, but we stay in the Championship. It is Coventry City taking on Middlesbrough. Obviously, it's my team, so I will go last, but I will give you Mr Matthew Moore's prediction for this one. He's gone, surprisingly enough, for a 1-1 draw. Not to spoil it too much, but you may notice a pattern with Matthew's predictions this week. Has, has he actually sent you these, or are you just trying to... Fuck He's literally swear, gone, put Ditto Mark show... and just change the scorer. <laughs> I swear I can show you the text. He's going to listen to this back and be like, He's done me here, I didn't give him them predictions at all. Matt's gone for five nil-nil draws. This is incredible. Wait a no, he has a goal scorer in this one. Baxter... The goalkeeper. <laughs> well, Mr. Mr. Moore has gone for a 1-1 draw with Gordon to score for Coventry and Hoppy to score for Middlesbrough. Stu? Uh, I have also gone with Coventry getting one goal and Gordon to be the goal scorer. Mm-hmm. But I have got Middlesbrough getting a cheeky two. So. <laughs> well, well, well. Coventry, I believe, the only club in the Championship without a, without a win this season. Oh, don't say that out loud. Now you've just knackered my prediction. Uh, exactly. uh, the, the two goal scorers I have are Muniz and McGree, or M&M, if you will. Little uh, chocolate-based pun. Little old wrestling pun. Take it from what you want. Mr Cook? I mean, 99% of the world would have said rapper, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> as, as, I, uh, as I said with the whole game, I'm trying to, trying to right the ship. So, uh, a Middlesbrough 1-0 win. And uh, as I'm not the only one to throw this name out, but I, am, I keep throwing it out until he scores, McGree for me, please. Bag the winner. Against the Black Cats a couple of weeks ago, so he has. I think he is the top scorer this season. 
So, I have gone for the same result as Mr. Woodmansey. So, like I said, the commentary at the commentary at bottom of the league should really be there for the taking. I've gone for a one-two. Borough, Yukaresh to get the goal for Coventry as we were linked with him in the summer. So it's obvious that he's going to score against us. I then got for Muniz and fingers crossed back from his injury as we were told he would be back in time after the international break. I haven't heard anything different. So I've gone with Akpom to get back on the goal scoring trail. We move to the Monday night game. So again, a lot of a lot of TV uh, coverage for our teams at this particular part of the season. We have the Monday Night Football where Leicester City will take on Nottingham Forest. Um, Leicester still without a win in the Premier League, but they are joined in the bottom three by Nottingham Forest, who've um, not had the greatest run of results lately, shall we say? Uh, Matt has given me his prediction for this one, so I will go last with that, but I will jump in with mine. So I've gone for a 2-2 draw on this one. I'm with Madison and Barnes to score for Leicester. And a one-ye, and I cannot believe these words are about to come out of my mouth. Ryan Yates. Wow, well done on the pronunciation and not just saying shit out. Well... Knowing my luck, he'll get he'll get sent off in the, the sixth minute or something. <laughs> Mr. Cook. Again for this one, still on the bring back the home team. Uh, a 2-0 Forest win. Uh, I've got to put him down because he's got to get all them goals. It's Johnson. And I went out on a limb with this one and put Lingard down. Been on the bench the last couple of games. Is he going to be back in? Well, they need, the they need, this is it. They need to change it up, don't they? So uh, get him, get him on the pitch, get him scoring goals. Simple, sensible ploy. Mister Woodmansey, uh, I've I've sort of mixed a little bit of yours with a little bit of Andy's, and then thrown in a bit of my own because I have got two two. Um, however, for Leicester, I have Barnes, as Paul mentioned, but I also have Tielemans, mainly because. He's not that bad, and he's quite fun to see. And uh, Johnson, so there's taken from Andy's, and Gibbs White, because it was a toss-up between him and Lingard, because both of them need to pull their fingers out whichever way, so I've, I've gone Gibbs White. Well, this is incredible. So, three separate people, or four separate people, picking on the podcast... We've somehow managed to get three people picking a 2-2 scoreline, as Matt has also gone 2-2. Um, he has also gone for Madison and Tielemans, so has basically combined Matt and Stu's prediction somewhat, <laughs> and then has gone for Awonyi and Johnson, again, combining Matt and Stu's prediction. So, <sighs> I almost went for a Leicester winning this one, because a bit of a local rivalry... Leicester still haven't won on TV. Big crowd, you'd imagine. Atmosphere will be right there to sort of get behind the team. But fingers crossed, Forrest can hold on and get a point there. I, I was in two minds with this one because my first, my gut reaction when I saw the fixture was, and the run, run of results that they've had was nil nil. And then I started to look at the run of results and the, the score lines and thought, 
neither of them can defend, so might as well stick no. a few goals in. <laughs> the one thing that, well, well that's the thing, isn't it? That it's, it's always that way, like, when, when, when two teams play each other, they've got horrible, like, horrific defensive records. It normally ends as a, you think it's going to be a goal fest, and it ends as a one. Um, listen, it will be what it will be. We'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, Forrest can get something. We move to the midweek fixtures in the Championship, and the first game will be Hull City taking on Wigan Athletic. Obviously, Mr. Woodman will go last on this one, it's his, uh, his team. Um, Andy, what have you got on this one? Plain and simple, 1-0 Hull win. And as, uh, as I've given Johnson the opportunity to get some of those goals he needs, Longman to score. You like to see it. Matt has gone for a 1-1 draw. Shockingly. Uh, he has gone for two fan to score for Hull. And McGinnis to score for Wigan. Obviously, old boy rule. In full effect. So, we'll wait and see. I, like Andy, have gone for a 1-0 home win. Um... They've they've played each other since the uh, the eight nil under. Are you just like purposely trying to piss me off tonight, or what? I'm I'm only a, I'm, I'm a journalist. Hard questions. I mean, I, I can't show you my journalism degree as it doesn't exist. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just a serious question. Like, because they they went they both went down. Didn't yeah, yeah. Same season. So they played each other the season that Hull came back up. Mm, yeah. I was, I was trying to work out if they'd played each other and Hull had beaten them since the 8 0, but they must have done. So. I can't really remember, to be honest. So I'm just, trying, I'm just trying to work out if this is going to be like a bit of a revenge game, but obviously not. And seeing as I can't remember my own team's results, you can hang my <laughs> journalism certificate right next to the <laughs> But yes, I have gone for a 1 0 win with two fan to score the goal. Mr. Woodmansey. I would love to see that. Two fan needs a goal as well. Uh, however, I don't think they'll snap the streak against Luton. If they're going to do it, it needs to be against Wigan. So, I've gone for 2-1. And probably because they'll get to be 2-0 up and then let one in in like the 85th minute and spend the last five minutes plus injury time absolutely crapping themselves. Figueredo um, doing some sort of keepy uppy on the edge of his box and accidentally just you know overhead kicking it in the top corner. I was half tempted to put him down as the own goal for Wigan, to be honest, but um, no, I've left that alone. So I've gone for two goals for Hull for Pelcas and Esther Pignon. And you've already alluded to it once over. McGinnis for Wigan, although, can I just point out that Wigan have a footballer called Max Power. That is the best name ever. I'd like, I'd like to think that in his head, he's constantly just doing the Homer Simpson thing from that episode. Max Power. And then just basically just goes into the whole spiel every time he scores. But then again, he did play for Sunderland, so... <laughs> still, it's still the best name footballer I've seen all season, that. I wonder if his parents took it from a hairdryer. Anyway, so we finished the week with 
Middlesbrough versus Birmingham City. Obviously, it's my team, so I will finish off with this one. Matt has gone. Does anyone want to guess? 1-1. One, one. One, oh, one, one draw! Oh, okay. With Mooney's to score for Middlesbrough and Brother to score for Birmingham City. For those of you not in the know, that is, of course, Hulk Hogan. A little bit annoyed that he's picked a, like a pretty much a 70-year-old guy to score against that team. <laughs> Mr. Cook. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Matt's going with all these 1-1s and Andy's just been blasted out 1-0s. I think we know what, which way this is going to go. Middlesbrough, 3. Birmingham, nil. Whoa! Can I have uh, can I have something of uh, some of what Andy's uh, sipping or smoking? Dare we say? Uh, your three goal scorers or your three goals? Fours. Hoppy. And I've put what more down. If he's if he's still in the mix. Oh, he's, he's still kicking about. Don't you worry about that, my friend. So, he's still there uh, or thereabouts. So, yeah, there you go. Three now. Very nice. Mr. Woodmansey. Uh, I'll, as soon as he's, he's left that door wide open, I will go for a 1-0 Borough win. <laughs> Lovely. And your goal scorer? Giles. Giles. Do you know what? I'd love it if Gilo got himself a goal. He's... Uh, He's already popped up with a couple of assists. He's already put one in his own net. It's about time well, that he uh, completed the cycle and got one in the right net. I was looking at the last the last few um, like lineups, and I just thought we recognise all of those names as goal scorers. And I just think it's about time he chipped in. So this will be the game where Housen scores and you are on him, and it's going to haunt you for the rest of time. I have gone optimistic and I've gone for a 2-0 win. I've gone for Duncan Watmore to score, like Mr Cook. And I've also gone for McGree to continue his little uh, hot streak of no goals in two games or whatever it was. So, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That concludes this week's Week 10 Predictions. As it was a quite a slow week, I have nothing further, Your Honour. Uh, so unless uh, either of you two gentlemen have anything to add to the party. Nope, not this time. I say it's been a slow week. Welcome back to real football this week. Exactly. And as we know, we're done now until the World Cup, which I believe they said during the coverage of the Italy game starts in 56 days. So that means that just over 50 days. Uh... Basically, yeah. What's that in weeks? God, just over seven weeks. 35. <laughs> just over seven weeks. <laughs> Somebody gift that and put like the formula stuff around Paul's face as he's trying to work out. Please. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for these two gentlemen for, uh, for joining me to take you through the... Uh, the murky depths of the football world. Uh, predictions done, results done. 
you'll have to join us again next week to see what happened, how many points we've all got. I imagine it'll be zero. But yes, thank you very much. And until the next time, thank you once again. there you go watch into that no Matt but you know still got his predictions still got what he wanted to say about his team maybe not quite but we got his predictions and I'm sure he will return next week thank you to you for listening along thank you to you for watching along if that's how you get the podcast before we go please do consider like share subscribe and comment drop any reviews you might want to drop and uh, if you're in the market for a website Check out thecookiecast.com. We've got social media links and an email button there. Uh, you can get in touch with us if that's your your kind of thing. That's it for this one. Till next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe.